Inflation continues, and there does not seem to be any let-up. The Fed, they're saying, you know what, we're going to work interest rates and build interest rates, meaning increase interest rates, to be the hedge. But who says that that hedge is going to work right away, and what happens in the meantime? What happens in the meantime as the Fed is raising rates to try and be this hedge against inflation, to bring inflation down? We end up paying more for everything, and we're already seeing it in a host of places. And there's no saying that anything from the government's going to change from this administration, the Biden administration, to make this increase in interest rates work. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist, University of Indianapolis. As being reported by the Associated Press, the Federal Reserve is going to accelerate this increase. They're going to accelerate the rate increases, which we already, you know, figured to be to be at least 1.75%. We're hearing about half percent increases, and there may be far more of them them coming. You know, it's one thing to say that it's coming. It's another thing to see these this reporting, this consistent reporting that, oh, it's coming, it's coming faster than you think. What are you hearing? Exactly how high can interest rates go? You, you know, Tony, I, I got to tell you, I don't know how high they can go, but you you touched on a great point. It is a game. It, think about it. All this inflation talk about non-transitory but permanent inflation started in November. What have they done since November? One quarter point increase. It's a game, Tony. They're leaking this on purpose. They want people to send signals. They want something to happen positively without actually having to take action. This is totally bogus on the part of the Fed. How high could they go? Tony, rates could go over 10% easily, easily in this environment. But it's a game, and that's really frustrating. So when we last looked at, at the Fed and before the year began, uh, you had Bank of America analysts and others saying that you'd see seven uh, price increases, possibly a quarter point. And then you saw how they moved and you realized that you could see a percent and three quarter increase over the year. And that seems now to be in the rear view that the number can be higher. But you talking about uh, a 10 percent uh, interest rate, right? You're. you're you're, we're talking about where the Fed is going to set rates at, not necessarily what's happening on the street. Break down the difference for me. Okay, well, I'm talking about what's going to happen on the street, Tony, because at some point, banks are going to not charge you the Fed rate. They're going to charge you the Fed rate plus inflation. Look at mortgage rates. They're already 5%. They're over 5%, and the Fed rate's only a quarter. So right there, that's almost a 5% spread. So what if they increase rates to 5 if they increase Fed funds rates to five, Tony, that means the mortgage rate you pay may be over 10%. But, Tony, we're missing the point here. Stop looking over there where they're the magicians trying to get you to look at rates. The big dog, the big action that they're going to take is selling bonds. That's going to have a bigger impact. They're going to dump $95 billion of bonds per month starting next month. At least that's what they're signaling. Let's see if they actually do it. Talking to Matt Will, economist, at University of Indianapolis. Uh, the bond selling, bond buying, how does that play into the interest rate conversation? It actually plays, it's more important than the rate increase, Tony, because think about supply and demand. If they're selling $95 billion of bonds, selling, selling causes the price to go down. Buying causes the prices to go up. When prices go down on bonds, that means interest rates go up. It's a teeter-totter. It's an automatic mathematical fact that when prices on bonds go down, interest rates go up. So $95 billion 
Tony, it's equivalent. Their selling is equivalent to a half a point increase. If they sell $95 billion in a month, that's equivalent to almost a half a percent increase in the Fed funds rate. Now, we're seeing this play out in a couple of other ways and a couple other places. One of these things has been uh, mortgage rates, where we're seeing mortgage rates at 5%. It was as high as 5.31. It's back to 5.11. And there's been a lot of conversation that an increase in interest rates could lead to a, a decrease in the housing market. I actually sent you a piece yesterday to get your thoughts on mm-hmm. it uh, and, and want to share them today that that mathematics, right, that argument of an increase in interest rates would mean a decrease in, in, in housing, meaning a, a decrease in how houses are selling, doesn't necessarily apply because there's still a supply and demand conversation going on out there. Yeah, Tony, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's the supply and demand conversation and construction costs. Remember, home prices went up 19% year over year, 19% in February over February. We've never seen these kind of increases. And what we're going to see, Tony, is a slowing of the increase, but we're still going to see an increase because you can't build anything. Construction costs are through the roof. You can't find materials. Good luck hiring labor. You know, I, I talked to somebody, I know this sounds a first world problem, but somebody was building a pool that I know, and they said they're told two years before they can get the thing completed because they just can't get labor and materials. So the supply shortage is, is real, and it's not going anywhere. I, I don't disagree. The supply shortage uh, is real, but it's, it's interesting to see that interest rates can go up and go up, and historically still very, very low for houses at, at 5%. Uh, I mean, your parents dealt with, in in many cases, uh, I shouldn't say every case, uh, you know, double-digit interest rates on housing. Is there a feel of where interest rates would have to be at for housing to say, you know what, we're done for a while? You know, that's a good question. And historically, if we just look at history, it's about 6 to 7%. But we don't know that history is going to be the indicator now uh, because we still have the shortage problem. But 6 to 7%, yeah, my dad got his first mortgage at 10%. And so, you know, and he was excited because that was right in the middle of the, the you know, the inflation debacle of the 80s. So 6 7% is probably where you're going to see that thing uh, top out before you see any decrease in prices. And you not even then may you see a decrease in prices because of the supply shortage. Yeah, the supply issue is a big one, and you bring up a good point, that if people are building less homes because of the cost of materials, the existing inventory is the only inventory, and that's why – it's in such high demand. And of course, as we've been discussing here, uh, the price of meat, the price of of milk, these things keep going up uh, because of inflation, because of supply chain issues. So now we get to where the the two things meet. The Fed wants to increase interest rates to bring down inflation. But as we have argued, uh, you have too much cash in the system, not enough stuff that causes uh, the inflation. Your dollar is worth less because you there's, there's only so many goods out there. You need more goods out there. You have to be able to solve this problem also with supply chain issue and with less cash in the system, meaning less spending. Have you seen anything from this administration on the horizon that shows you that less spending is in the offing? Tony, we're, we're asking the wrong question. Does the government really want there to be less inflation? I believe the Fed wants lower inflation, but Congress and the president love it. Because inflation is a tax. This administration wants to tax people. Inflation is a tax. It decreases the value of what you have. It increases the value of, or decreases the value of what government's paying you. They're not going to cut spending, Tony. They want to tax you, and this is a subtle way to do the tax and blame it on business. The argument but, to the other side is that this is also a way to ensure that you lose the House and the Senate. 
you know what? That's a political question. I will leave that to you to answer. I'm not an expert on the politics, but I can tell you they love taxing and they're getting it. Oh, that is a. We're, we're, first of all, I don't disagree with you on the idea that they value taxation because they value government control of dollars, right? So that's where the, the, the argument is. But they usually uh, like uh, to take it, you know, uh, via, via the taxes as opposed to something where they, it hurts everybody, where they can make the claim that they're only going to tax uh, the rich. That's usually the argument that gets made. But they can blame it on someone else, Tony. This tax they can blame on big um, business. And when the election rolls around, they're going to say, look, it's not our fault. It's big business, and they're going to run against big business. I don't know if they'll succeed at that, but that's what they're going to do. There's always a jockeying for position. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time.